Welcome to the Pure Creative Force Podcast. I'm Christy McNabb, your host. There's a pulse of creativity running through each of us. It's our job to honor and activate it. Creativity is the antidote to the ills, struggles, and challenges we see in our lives and the world around us. The act of creating and bringing forth something new dissolves the old and useless ways. Join us and discover how to unleash the pure creative force within. Hear from fellow creators about their process and learn how to keep elevated. Be inspired to go create. In this episode, I interview Christine O'Neill, a business coach and strategist who helps clients see life more clearly, find alignment with their soul, and get into action around what matters. Early on, this once hardcore businesswoman returned home to her soul's calling, and through the gradual softening, found her true creative force. We talk about the practice of trusting yourself and always asking, what is true for me? Christine shares how ceremony and ritual brings us back to ourselves in a way that we can enjoy our lives and our choices. She shares how a daily practice of intention can help us slow down and return to simplicity. Here's our interview. Welcome, Christine, to the Pure Creative Force podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. Share with us your journey as a creative entrepreneur and how you came to run your business today. My journey as a creative has been very meandering because I used to not think of myself or categorize myself in any way as a creative. Aside from the fact that I grew up playing piano, I was very hardcore business person and very proud of that. You know, I didn't, I had the creative friends in high school and, and, uh, and never felt like I had much in common with them. So when it came to about the time I was starting my company, this was almost four years ago, I went out to lunch with a friend of mine named Allie and very much a creative soul. And she said, Christine, you've got to do this. You've got to do this thing called the artist's way. It's really great for igniting creativity. I said, Allie, <laughs> Allie, Allie, Allie. I'm a businesswoman. Okay. <laughs> You're the creative person here. And while I completely honor that, that's just not where my, where my talents lie. And she said, Oh, I really think you would enjoy it. And I brushed it off. Okay. So about a year later, I saw quotes from that book about three times in the space of four days. And I take indications from spirit. Should we, I'll just call it spirit, spirit uh, and the flow of spirit in my life and serendipity and synchronicity in uh, groups of three. So whenever something happens three times or when I'm recommended something three times or I notice something three times in a short amount of space, I do that thing. And so this is what happened with The Artist's Way. I got The Artist's Way and I started writing, the stream of consciousness writing. And when I was considering starting my own company, it's like I knew I, knew I needed to have my own thing and I had no idea what it was going to be. And I was able to use the creative outlet of stream of consciousness writing to 
basically intuitively and subconsciously map my business plan. So it was really beautiful. (laughs) Yes, it was so beautiful how the two came together in a very essential way. And do you still do your stream of consciousness writing? I do. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. I have my artist way journal in my purse at all times. Yeah. It's a powerful practice. And, you know, looking at your, even I remember when I first looked at your website, just how you describe what you do, that comes through beautifully because I can tell it's, you really got connected with what's important to you. And it wasn't just about the marketing and using the right words or making something shiny and and bright. It really is truly meaningful. And when you go to your site or, you know, follow you on Instagram, it's just like you get the depth of who you are and what you bring to the world. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank so that's you. no surprise that you, that's how you, you, you wrote your business plan from stream of consciousness. I love it. <laughs> that yeah. may, it's going to inspire a lot of people because most people think of a business plan as a, you know, some overwhelming task and it yeah. literally can be getting out your journal and just giving your, your subconscious, your conscious mind, the ability to be quieted and let what needs to come through, come through. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that acknowledgement too. It, it definitely, my website did not start out accessible and deep. It started out as very corporate because I felt like that's what it had to be. Uh, and it's been through softening into the realization that creativity is a force uh, mm-hmm. to, with, from which every successful business thing, at least in my life, flows. It, it wasn't until that that I was able to access that um, that way of explaining what it is that I do. Share more about that. So how did you really, I don't want to say get rid of, but that kind of rigid business mind, how did you allow the real you to come forth? What's that process been like? Yes. Well, I resisted that process for a while and we, I joke with people that have known me throughout this whole life cycle of, of having my own company. (laughs) People that know me really well are able to joke and say, Christine, I'm so glad that you figured out what you do now because when you first started, no one had any clue what you were talking about. (laughs) Because I was trying to apply this corporate speak to something deeply soulful. It was just ships passing in the night. So the process, at first, I, I wasn't yet aware of the fact that this process needed to happen until it had been about a year. And even people closest to me, like my closest friends and my husband, people would ask what it is that I do. And they'd be like, I don't know. (laughs) Ask Christine. (laughs) I'd be like, how do you not know what I do when it is all that I talk about all the time? And people are like, we just don't get it. You know? (laughs) So, so that really, told me, wow, well, if my, if the people that I'm talking to over and over and over again, and my close relationships don't understand what I do, how can I expect a prospective client to get what I do enough to hire me? So I I was almost forced to go back and reconcile with what am I missing here? Mm. And, um, and I just really abandoned the 
it had a lot to do with working with my perfectionism. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, it has been paralyzing and debilitating for a lot of my life in a lot of ways. Also a rocket fuel source <laughs> in a lot of ways. So I have to honor it for, for what it has, for what it, how it brought me to where it did. Uh, but the time had definitely come for abandoning a lot of that archetype in order to unleash what was asking to emerge. So, yeah, the process really was about getting still, just mm -hmm. really getting still and not trying to prove that I was legit in the corporate way so much. Uh, that was a lot of what I was trying to do at first, because especially right when I started my company, I was like, oh my gosh, I need people to think, know whatever the word is that I am serious and I'm business minded and I'm super smart, <laughs> you know, like, hey, hire me. I know what I'm talking about. And I felt like I had to speak that language. And it's really interesting that the, that the farther away from that I've moved in this process of I get up and I and I ask myself, what is true? What is true for me today? What is true about the work that I want to do? What is true about this client? And the biggest part about this process that I'm still working with how this lands or how it feels, it's giving myself permission to change my mind. Mm -hmm. Even 180, like say, this is what I do and what I offer today. And then in a week, if something just falls out of feeling like it clicks to give myself permission to be like, yep. And I know I said that last week and I know this is the exact opposite of what I said last week about who I am and what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But now here's the, <laughs> here's the new thing and not feeling like that needs to require some massive rebrand or explanation or, uh, or anything other than just saying, and this is my truth today. Mm -hmm. And I, there was a couple of other interviews where we were talking about, this is the new marketing. When you're speaking your truth and you've uncovered what you need to uncover and it's coming through, the energy that you bring forth, that's what people need in our world. No matter what industry you're in, it's like everybody wants truth. You know, they want to resonate with that in themselves. And when you're sharing that, it gives everyone else permission to be in alignment with their truth as well. So it really is a, um, a new marketing tactic. It's like, just be tr truthful. What is your truth today? And that's how you're going to attract the people you're supposed to be working with. Yes. And trusting that what comes from that is what is meant to be in our lives. And also trusting that things that are exiting the realm of our immediate interactions is also born from, if, if we're speaking that truth, that is like, it's like that pillar that I picture it like a pillar of light almost uh, that the things that gravitate towards us and the things that move away are it's divinely supposed to be that way mm -hmm. I, a, almost a year ago i got a call from uh from a couple of friends of mine who we both started conscious business consultants consultancies and advisories uh, about the same time and so we were always kind of orbiting each other and uh and i had kind of just gotten back on the horse after having my first baby and was feeling really just focused and a lot of the the fat and the BS had kind of fallen away with the essentialism that had to accompany being a new mom. 
such a gift. Uh, and I got a call and they, they run a, they run an organization called evolution, which is kind of like, like, it's like the, the CAA of conscious coaches. Almost. <laughs> like everybody has kind of their own brand. Yeah. We're this collective. And so evolution does, uh, culture and coaching for startups and high growth companies. And they asked me to be a partner. And it was this funny moment where I just kind of like rebloomed. And then I was offered this kind of a pivot, kind of not, you know, but it was, it was a thing. And so I had to check back in with that. What is true for me? Does this feel true? whether it went along with my brand or with my company direction or not, I just had to check in and it did. And so now I'm a partner at evolution. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Yes. It's been a wonderful journey. And also that whole thing about trust and, uh, and allowing for, um, that acknowledging the creative, that creative flow can not, not only, it's, it's co-created and it also just like, it's like moves, it moves where it's, where it is and how it's centered. <laughs> mm. And that, that anchor of what's true for me today is so powerful. Yes. What's your creative process? Okay. This is funny. <laughs> I have a good answer to this. So I don't even know. This has been a recent thing. So this came from the acknowledgement um, that I've had recently connected to ceremony and ritual um, and embodiment, like allowing our bodies to be receivers and conveyors of information, like really highly intelligent information. So I was looking at a way to trust my body and listen to it, even if it was weird, like this is what I'm about to tell you. So I sat down to write and I put my hands on the keyboard and it was just like this kind of dull feeling. And it was just like nothing that I write from this energy is going to be good. (laughs) Not that writing needs to be good every time you sit down, but I was, it was a very specific thing that I was trying to create. So I tapped into my body and I said, body, what can we do right now to, you know, get this party started? (laughs) And my body, I felt like this intuition all of a sudden to light a candle and to go and find, like dig some Palo Santo out of my drawer and light it and then put on some music. And I was like, okay, this is, this is feeling better. This is feeling rich and warm and lush, you know? And so the music came on and I put my fingers back down on the keyboard and it's still, there was still something not quite right. And I did that, the body check-in and suddenly I just felt the need to get up and dance around my house. And it was the most incredible thing. I, it, <laughs> my, my whole bottom floor is pretty much windows. So <laughs> all my neighbors were pretty close. So, I mean, my neighbors probably got a show that day of me, like, cause it wasn't even like dancing. It was intuitive movement. 
And it was like, my whole body was just like buzzing with energy. And I sat back down and just, just like wrote this amazing thing that was exactly. And so it just, I, I put, connected those little dots and thought, oh, so my creative process actually needs to be creating sacred space, getting still, then moving my body and then creating. And I've used that ever since. And it has been a fantastic month of creation. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Creative process? I do a similar, I set the, the environment in yeah. my room and I usually do the, the movement before, but I'm going to try, like I, I do all of my movement in the morning or my meditation. So I get my kind of mind and body moving together. And then I have a certain time where I sit down to do things. But I like this idea of opening the space, creating the sacred space, and then just intuitively, okay, what do I need right now? Do I need to eat something? Do I need to go dance around the house or, you know, walk the dog and then come back? But that, I love that connection. Yeah. So how does ceremony and ritual help us connect deeper, deeper to ourselves and deeper to others? The ceremony and ritual, this is also a very new exploration for me. And I'm still grappling with the, how pervasive the acknowledgement of ritual and ceremony is in my life and the incredible positive outcomes that it's creating in that idea of connecting to myself deeper and to others. I have, uh, I have a healer friend that I was expressing this, this newfound appreciation for ritual, kind of not really based on any major experience. It just kind of, kind of came into my awareness through a number of sources. Um, and, and she's the one that told me, she said, ritual, the reason it's so important and it has been so important throughout history, throughout um, spiritual and religious traditions, like in the, in the purest form, it was all around ritual. And she said that it is a bridge between the seen and the unseen, between the, the known and the unknown. And I just gaped at her because it, it's just struck me as such truth when she said that. And in my experience of, the, of deepening the connection to myself, the, where my mind first goes, it's, it's almost like when I allow or not even allow, create time to do a ritual or to have a little ceremony with myself, it's this, it's, it's a very abundant, almost like majestic or sovereign feeling. Like I matter to myself enough to create this time and space to connect and whether it's connecting to myself or to my work or to my kids or to my husband or to a future project that I'm thinking about the, the specific cadence of things and just bringing just intentional, intentional magic that we have the ability to curate what's I'm looking for a word. We have the ability to harness that's the word I'm looking for. Mm. And, and it's a message to me, I think on all levels that 
that I really matter to myself, to my life, to my work, to not just speed through things and schedule myself out and um, be quote unquote busy because busy means you're important. I mean, I just think we've bought into that lie for a lot, far too long. And ceremony and ritual deepens my connection to myself simply because it is this, it's a slowness. It's a, it's, it's a, a noticing time period. Um, and then when it comes to connecting with others, it's almost like, you, have you ever done, have you ever been in a room with, um, with sound healing, specifically with a drum or a gong? Yes. Okay. So kind of the way that the vibrational uh, characteristics or qualities of an instrument also that has been done in ceremony throughout eons and eons, um, it, it matches us up on a cellular level because our like uh, we're water, you know, we're 70% water and we all, and water responds to vibration. And so it, it like is, is this uh, force for, it's almost like, creating the vibrational equivalency of community. Mm. And so I see ceremony and rituals in that same thing. It's, it's like elevating each of our human experiences, however many people are involved in the ceremony to the same cadence mm. and savoring and enjoying and acknowledging and noticing the same tiny, slow details, um, not only about the ceremony, but in each other, about ourselves, and then connecting over that. It's just incredibly deep. Um, mm from from an other perspective. And where else have you explored other parts of your life using ceremony and ritual? Yes, it's it's really I've reached this it's this really sobering and liberating understanding, I guess is the right word that that ceremony doesn't have to be this untouchable thing you know, this thing that's reserved for only when X, Y, and Z condition are met. Ceremony can be a tiny little window of time, like two minutes dancing like a crazy person around my living room or, um, or even I've created a ceremony when I breastfeed my baby, like mm -hmm. that ceremony that I have access to how many times a day, eight times a day, however, you know, um, a ceremony in how I read books with my toddler, a ceremony in how I pour and make the tea for me and my husband in the morning when we get chance for tea in the morning. <laughs> after, you know, after kids are in bedtime. Um, yeah, a ceremony of even walking, like when I'm walking through my neighborhood, like actually paying attention to the fact that I'm walking and, um, and blessing, I have this thing, I bless everything I see. So like, thank you, leaf. Thank you, twig. I bless you, brick tower. Thank you, asphalt. <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> and, it's, and it's almost like a challenge. How many little moments of ceremony can I infuse into my just minute to minute experience? So it's not about, oh, wait for Sunday and go to your religious service or oh, got to wait for yoga class that happens once a day for 45 minutes. Um, ceremony is accessible to us all every minute of the day. It's just about shifting your perspective on it. Ceremony while washing the dishes, mm -hmm. ceremony while peeling the banana, ceremony while taking the trash out, mm -hmm. you know, like how, <laughs> how, and it's almost borderline 
comical, but actually in practice, it does make such a difference. Yes, absolutely. This is really the power of women. I mean, imagine if every woman on the planet were to take this on, even in the smallest places. That's what's going to shift the world. That's what's going to, you know, create better families and better communities. And it really is powerful. Yes, it is. And it's, and it's the centering quality. You know, mm-hmm. as we center in ourselves, we're better able to center the, the energy of the home or the energy of whatever we're creating. Uh, but I mean, the people return home, whatever home might look like, even if it's highly unconventional. Uh, and, and tending to the energy of that is, is that source where we rejuvenate and, and acknowledging the power that, that we have from that more feminine aspect, whether it's in, in females or males as, accessing that more feminine uh, quality. Um, I think it's all about the duality these, these days, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like both men and women embodying both male and female. Um, but yeah, so much of it has to do with the energetic nature of the home that we're um, creating, like that home fire. I think that there's a, there's a reason that phrase has stuck around since mm-hmm. tending the home fires, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's an intelligence in it. Beautiful. Ritual also helps us honor the sensitivity of sacredness and a, in a world where we're constantly bombarded by external forces and distractions, how can we stay connected to everything and everyone create this sacredness and not numb out? Oh, this is, this is such a good question. I feel like someone that can answer this question will uh, either win the Nobel Peace Prize or be the next <laughs> one. <laughs> yes, it is a beautiful question for the times. Where my mind goes immediately is, is the using that feeling as a red flag to return to center and return to slowness. I recently had a conversation. I was in, can I tell a story? Yes. Okay. So I was in New York and this is my first business trip post having baby number two. And, um, and I was invited to this conference and there were, there were a lot of highfalutin business people there, if you know what I mean, to use my Southern <laughs> route to communicate for a lot of highfalutin business people there. And so because I do have this, this history of trying to prove myself and feeling like I have to prove myself in order to be valid and legitimate, uh, I'm still a little bit triggered and sometimes a lot bit triggered when I walk into those scenarios. So I, I go in and the first thing that we're asked to do is partner up with someone around us that we don't know. And the question prompt is, what is something in your life that you're incredibly energized by right now? In my mind, I'm like, ooh, all these, all these real fancy people are going to be talking about their real fancy things that they're doing in the world and these like, big billion dollar 
things. And the only thing my mind wanted to talk about was my home birth. And I'm like, think of something else. Think of something else. I'm like, <laughs> having this like dialogue in my mind, like, that's not good enough. No one's going to be interested in that. Like, that's something every second person in the world could potentially, you know, experience. And, and I, in that moment of that, like, it felt like I was being bombarded by what the times, quote unquote, was, were requiring of me, you know, what the business world and the rushing around and, oh, you know, you're, this is not a legitimate thought unless it has some kind of bottom line connection and da, da, da. So I caught myself in this swirl of thinking and I said, no, no, Christine, just chill the F out. <laughs> Why are you assuming that the conversation about the energy that you got from the experience of your home birth is not a legitimate topic? And, and there was really not, I didn't really have a good answer for that. And so I went with it. I said, I'm going to do something real unconventional and I'm just going to trust this notion. So I was partnered up with this beautiful woman and, uh, and she tells me uh, a story that is basically about the importance of one-on-one -on -one connection and her too. She had the same experience where she wanted, this is the only story she could think of. And she was like, why do I want to tell that story? And it was, to sum it up, it was she was waiting on her kids to fly in at JFK and their flight was delayed. So she and her husband were just kind of like meandering around the entryway of Terminal 4 uh, without much to do for about 45 minutes. So she went and got a coffee and she was just sitting there kind of staring into space. And this woman came into her field of noticing and and she it was the middle of winter also. It's like snowing, feet of snow on the ground in New York. And there's this woman in like flip flops and no jacket and like a tank top. And she looked lost and she looked scared. And, um, and this woman just felt compelled to go up to her and ask her, you know, do you need help? What's, you know, can I, what's going on right now? And she, there was this big long story. She was supposed to be in Dallas and she had missed the flight and she didn't speak very good English and she was supposed to have a family picking her up um, in New York, but they miss each other and she didn't have a phone and she didn't have any way to contact them. Anyway, the point is that this woman gave this young woman her pink tennis shoes that she had just gotten, that she was obsessed with. They were like, they were like factory, Nike factory limited, something, something like no one could get these shoes and she had just gotten them. She gave her pink tennis shoes to this girl. And she said, in that moment, I truly loved her. I truly felt love for her. And that was a decade ago. And she said she hadn't thought about it in a decade until that moment. And I said, oh, well, I have an interesting story for you as well. I <laughs> tried to convince myself 17 different ways out of talking to you about my home birth and my experience there. And just the connection to self and spirit and the others around me and the baby and the whole thing. And, um, and I kept using this word pedestrian. Oh, but I didn't want to tell the story. It was so pedestrian. It was just so pedestrian. And she goes, you know, it's interesting that you keep using that word because I think about not only does pedestrian have to do with feet and walking. And I told you a story about shoes. 
pedestrian means to walk and to walk is the is the pace of human life the way it's meant to be and so i do think in so many ways we are being called back to acknowledge and understand and connect to this feeling of pedestrian feeling of being a pedestrian in our human lives things are moving so fast and it's not what it's not how our bodies our brains are designed to be in homeostasis so so much we're like we're addicted to being out of homeostasis and it's like this chase to get back into homeostasis only only to get back out of homeostasis it's just it's very interesting the place that we're finding ourselves in so this is a very long roundabout way to to say i think that in this age of being bombarded and inundated at every minute with every conceivable kind of distraction from the now is to use those things as an a flag or an indicator to train our minds to see them as, as an indicator to come back to center take a breath create a ceremony even if it's 30 seconds uh the dalai lama used to say i love this about about the dalai lama he apparently he had some kind of crazy meditation uh habit like two hours in the morning or two hours at night and someone asked him you know like before a month-long tour of the world someone said now how are you gonna how do you presume to maintain your meditation practice <laughs> being so busy and doing all of this travel and the dalai lama said uh i actually when i'm traveling meditate twice as long <laughs> <laughs> because it's that much more important for me to stay centered mm. and i just think that's such a fantastic way to look at it you know mm. in the moments that we think oh i'm too busy for being present i'm too busy for that silly little ceremony that i said that i was going to do i'm too busy that is actually your whoop that's your red flag to be like oh actually i just the importance of this just doubled down mm. <laughs> i need to really so do beautiful yes i love the pedestrian and the cadence and getting back to that and it's no surprise part two of the artist's way or i think might have been the second or third book she wrote was about the practice of walking walking every day to find your creativity know that yes so take yourself on a 20 minute oh. walk every day and that also opens up your creativity powerful wow what are the odds <laughs> thank you for sharing that wow yeah so with this exploration and deepening of your own practice are you also using that with clients and what do you see shifting yes so i have i have made a pretty um i want to say a hard pivot but at the same time i know this this energy of my work has always been present i just haven't put an emphasis on it so i i'm a i'm a coach i i was in organizational consulting for for a while with this um underlying underlying current of conscious business i am really finding most of my energy right now in one-on-one -on -one coaching one of the reasons for this is because i am able to make it almost ceremonial uh it's funny being an executive coach like i'm pretty offbeat <laughs> for your typical executive coach. 
even more so recently. And I am more and more so acknowledging the fact that there are things going on with my connection to my intuition during a client call that I intentionally open space for and allow myself to trust in ways that I didn't before. Because I had, of course, the story like, oh, got to be professional. Oh, you can't say that. Oh, how can you presume to know X, Y, or Z? But the more I've trusted it, the more impactful my work has become with these individuals. And the more so I have decided to acknowledge that it's not only my intuition that I'm connecting to in this ceremony. I, I see this image in my mind of before my client call, I take five or 10 minutes and just get really still. And I invite, <laughs> this gets a little woo-woo, but I invite their higher self to come in to my awareness and to speak through me, mm. to speak through me and use me as if they are not open to that for whatever reason and whatever mode methodology, methodology they're utilizing to connect to themselves let me be that for them. And it's kind of becoming part of my, part of the magic that I feel like I offer. It's less about my prowess and business strategy and more about the fact that I'm intentionally opening a channel of ceremony and sacredness on these executive coaching calls. And the client impact has been astounding. The more that I trust these little things that are coming into my mind and the more I'm able to actually not take ownership of them as mine, but say, I think this is coming from you. I'm just going to go ahead and say this out loud. These people on the other end of these calls are like, holy shit. (laughs) How, How did you know that? what in the world, you know, like that changes everything and it makes so much sense. And it's like full body chills and da, 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 da. it's just the impact of the slowness mm. in the face of what should be high impact executive coaching is what's making all the difference. Mm. And it really is a shift away from knowledge or having information or facts or a strategy to wisdom inner wisdom and what a gift for your clients to create this and then they can go into their environments and create the same experience for others. Mm, That's such a profound thing to point out. Yes. Yes. The transition from knowledge to wisdom. You know what the coolest thing about wisdom is that I believe we all have infinite access to treasure troves of Mm. wisdom within ourselves, which I feel like if we all knew that and not only knew that, but practiced it, another reason why ceremony is so great because it allows you that connection point, uh, that we actually would almost by design live a more intentional and present life because the 75% of our brain power that's you know, usually, at least for me, usually going to, oh, am I doing this right? Oh, I need to go ask this person about that. Oh, you know, is this going to land? Like it actually cuts out all of that 
unnecessary dialogue and allows us to focus on the purest essence of who we want to be in the world, not even necessarily what we want to do. Because I think the doing comes from the being. It's mm. the being that's the magic. And it's also the being that we're most distracted from. Mm. So profound. What advice would you have for listeners to create this in their own lives, with their businesses, with their relationships? Oh, I think the biggest and best step anyone can take is to practice trusting themselves. Because once you have the experience of the incredible rightness for you and for your individual particular life that you are the guru of and no one else, the more, I think, confidence, I guess is the right word, uh, the more impetus you'll have to share that experience with others and thus allowing them that access in their own way to themselves. Um, Mm. Because it's not really about being the guru for someone else. It's about being our own guru and acknowledging that, um, that that's available to Mm. us. Mm -hmm. And do you see this shifting among the leaders you're in contact with or kind of the communities you're in this idea of it's almost like a new leadership. It's not about what you know or what you've done. It's, it's the depth of your practice and how that is transmitted to others. Yes, I I think that there's a lot of curiosity around it. I think that there's a lot of pull towards it, even if people don't realize what what the pull is pulling them towards, because it is so counterintuitive to what we've been taught our whole lives is that someone else knows best, not you. Mm-hmm. Pay me for that. Take that class. Go get a PhD before you're trusted. Da, 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 da. You know, obviously medical doctors, that's a different thing. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the politics of that. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's the leaders today. I do feel that there's a growing awareness that there's just something missing from this old way of doing business, the command and control and intimidate and, you know, rise and grind. I mean, I just really think we're moving out of that because there is a whispering from somewhere and that's somewhere I would presume to be that inner wisdom telling us the reason something doesn't feel right (laughs) is Mm -hmm. because of this exact Thing. So I do see leaders exploring this and being open to it, being open to even, I mean, especially with, in the coaching world, you know, like having, having people at the top of their game, acknowledge that engaging a coach does not mean that you're broken. In fact, the opposite. I think when you're someone who's engaging a coach, you are at the top of your game and open to expanding your influence and magnitude of what you're creating. And these are the types of questions that I'm exploring in most of my client calls. We're not talking about business strategy, even though we can do that. I can do that. You know, it's, it's just not where the aliveness is (laughs) Mm -hmm. where the aliveness is, is figuring out what it is about the beingness that can be shifted to and it's not even a motivation to have outward power. It's this, it's this inner mastery that is such a driver for, for the, a lot of the leaders that I'm working with. And it's so cool to see. Can you share your daily rituals to master time? 
as a business owner, as a coach, as a mom of two young, beautiful babies, a wife, how do you do it all? <laughs> yes. I love that you asked this question because the, the time mastery thing, I was just talking to someone about this the other day. Um, I had this very counterintuitive experience of after I had my first child, Atlas, uh, I convinced myself because of the societal agreement that once you have kids, you have no time for anything else. You have no time for yourself, all of that. So uh, I was kind of ears deep in, in exploring that and, and subscribing to it to a good extent. And I, that my wisdom, you know, thank goodness I'm, I listened to it. It said, you don't need to subscribe to that story. Actually, you have all the time, all of it. <laughs> it's just, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to see it? So I started to acknowledge that actually from a, it's not that I had more time than before. It's that I valued time in a completely different way. Whereas before having babies, I could, if I wanted to do something, I just had like unlimited time to do it. Just, you know, I could take a day. I could take a month. doesn't really matter. I'm the one setting my deadlines. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it was a return to acknowledging that if I have two hours to get a thing done, because two hours is the length of a nap time, it's almost like the baby became a productivity timer. It's like, okay, baby's down for nap and I'm going. I do not have 20 minutes to scroll through Instagram. I do not have 30 minutes, like take my time making a smoothie just because I feel like it. I am going to sit down. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it done. And just doing that over and over and over again, I actually became more productive and more powerful in that way than I ever had before previously in my career after having kids. Wow. That's a true testament. Yes. And it feels so good to be able to like say, no, this is not a myth. I've experienced this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. another strategy that I've been testing out is using your intention to expand time. So maybe you have two hours to just setting the intention of, okay, I have two hours to do this project, but help me to expand and get the most out of this two hours or just, just again, maybe even getting away from the number. Like I have all the time in the world and this is going to be finished. And it's, it's almost like, you know, a mind game. It's, mm. is it really about the clock? No, you have as much time as you need to get this done. Yes. That it's so true that it is a mind game. Like our <laughs> minds are so powerful and we can, we can co-create with our minds. It's, I, I feel like it's, I was going to say command our minds. And I was like, no, I just saw my mind as like a separate being like, don't command me around, work with me, <laughs> co-create with me. Yes. <laughs> Boss me around, you know, I love that's, it. That's a really cool thing. Using the intention to expand time. I really Stretch like Stretch out. Yes. <laughs> awesome. I love, this is going to be so helpful to people just to, to slow down and really pay attention to creating ceremony and ritual. 
I think it's it's definitely what's going to shift the planet. Uh, it so is. It so is because it brings us back into ourselves, which is the whole point. Mm-hmm. Right? The whole point is to come back into ourselves in a way that we can enjoy our lives and enjoy the choices that we've made in our lives without this frantic uh, underlying energy that we need to go and get more, be more, do more. And it's the whole point. It's why we think we need to go out and get more and be more and do more is to be able to enjoy our lives. But unfortunately, that's a mental conditioning that doesn't go away. Once you have the thing, you'll just find another thing to need. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I do believe that creating ceremony and ritual gives us the opportunity to acknowledge our life as it is right now and, and just be in it and love it and, and not require anything else in order to be present and love, which is the whole thing. <laughs> the whole <laughs> equation. <laughs> like, and it's, it can just be so simple. Uh, but it does require work to return to the simplicity, interestingly enough. Mm. Or may, maybe that's my story. You know, maybe that's not your story, listeners. Maybe it doesn't require work. It just requires a decision that takes half a second. Mm. You know? Powerful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is fantastic. Thank you. This is so much fun. Thank you, Christine, for your insights and wisdom. To learn more about Christine and her work, visit www.owenell.com or connect with her on Instagram at Christine O'Neill. Thank you for listening to the Pure Creative Force podcast. Be inspired and go create something new today. The electric mantra music is by our featured artist, Osley. That's O-S-L-E-E underscore music on Instagram.